ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. So we're on with Jake Alexander. Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. Jake, uh, you've been developing a product over uh, the last few months, man, and excited to talk about that. But before we jump into uh, Rain, let's talk about uh, the man behind the product and give us a little intro, if you will, and some background to that outdoor life, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, like you said, my name's Jake Alexander. Uh, started rain hydro in october um from central pennsylvania born and raised and i fell in love with hunting in the west uh four years ago i went out for the first time um me and my dad went out kind of on a whim a diy tag for elk in colorado and yeah, buddy. haven't looked back since it's <laughs> been uh, a really incredible experience that kind of kicked off you know, another professional experience that I'm living through right now. Um, you know, I was raised in the middle of nowhere, so there wasn't much to do but hunt and fish. Uh, that's my dad's passion, and I definitely inherited that from him. And, uh, you know, I, I love chasing whitetails around here, but there's something about the western mountains that really gets me going. So looking forward to... Uh, hopefully fill in a tag in September. I have not been successful yet, but persistence is key is what I keep telling myself. Man, when it comes to elk, absolutely. So your first season was uh, that 2018 mark, huh? Well, I'm going to do some math. Yeah, that should be. Actually, it was 2017. This would be my 
fourth year out for 2021. Oh, nice. So yeah, was that, so you said DIY Colorado, any interactions or was the, I like to say the sex appeal of elk, right? Screaming bulls, uh, running all over the place. Was that what you found or was it like, man, there's a couple bugles, but it's pretty much silent. How do I find these animals? Dude, it was a struggle for the first week. I, uh, I really didn't know what we were getting into. I tried to be ready for anything, but there's really no experience that you can do to get ready for it other than just do it. Um, we didn't have a chance to scout, but we did a lot of uh, aerial map e-scouting and things like that and had a few areas narrowed down. But um, it was difficult to step into an area not knowing the animal, not knowing the terrain, and really not being overly familiar with the tactics involved. You know, you can figure out as much as you can online, but ultimately you have to put some boots on the ground to figure out what works and doesn't. So having said that, most of our time on our first year was really just hiking around, getting familiar with the terrain. We bumped into elk. We saw elk. Um, had a close encounter with one bull, but it really was just kicking it out of its bed and some real nasty blowdowns. But uh, that was enough for me. Once I got eyes on that thing and understood what we were there to do, that's when it, it really clicked, and I haven't looked back since. Um, and it's not about the animal; even just being out there is an incredible experience. You know, I've in, benefited in, from a lot of ways. It's in, it's. I- a weird, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's a really yeah. weird thing, right? Because as it's expensive for one, right? You're traveling across the country, uh, you're spending seven, eight, you know, a thousand dollars on a tag plus gas. I mean, you're talking a twenty-five, twenty-eight hundred dollar trip for most folks, but it's a very interesting dynamic that just being in the woods with that animal is. It, it, and I'm not diminishing the fact that we want to punch our tags, but there's something just special and satisfying about just the opportunity to be that close to them. And that first experience with them, man, when you see them and you realize that what you thought they were is a hundred times smaller than what they actually are, <laughs> it's just phenomenal, dude. Oh, incredible. Especially being from the East Coast. If you've never been out West, it's an entirely different landscape. Like you can't even compare the two. Um, yeah, it's just a, a humbling experience up <laughs> yeah, front. Yeah, it's not amazing. being familiar with, you know, everything that goes into it. And it's been an amazing learning experience trying to, you know, sift through that and develop myself and develop my skill set to even just make the most of the hunt. That was one of the biggest struggles I had first year was my feet weren't ready for it. Um, I was wearing older boots and they got wet every day. It really led to some really nasty blisters that, you know, <laughs> we, we powered through as much as we could. And then we took to some more still hunting on day six. So it was, it, honestly, the first year was really just me realizing what it was actually going to take. And then, you know, subsequent years has been a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Every year we go back, it's like, that was the chance, but we screwed it up and now we know what not to do next time, you know? So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So goes the game. That, uh, 
So over over the course of the last you know four seasons, what what have you done to elevate your game? So if a guy is listening to this or a gal, and you know they're kind of in that position, right? That first year, that second year, what have you done to kind of prepare yourself as you learn through those seasons of getting your butt kicked? Um, you know, I should do this, or have you you know got on to any of the platforms and tried to pick up information that way, or is it just is it a combination of boots on the ground and then kind of melding all that info together? Yeah, so definitely uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me was I wasn't in good enough shape. Um, you know, I've read everything talking about how you need to be ready for it, and I didn't really think that much of it because at the time, you know, I was 24 years old. Uh, fresh out of college, I was working out regularly. Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought, oh, everybody's just exaggerating. It can't be that hard. And let me tell you, it is that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the thing you can't be ready for is the elevation change. That uh, definitely kicked my ass. And it was also pretty hard on my dad. So my dad's in his 50s. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's age or you know, I like to pick on him and say he's just a softy, but <laughs> elevation took a toll on both of us. So that, that's one thing I would say if you're uh, looking to get into this for the first time, give yourself time to acclimate if you're not already familiar with how you react to the altitude. Yeah, people take that for granted, man, that couple of days of acclimation prior to really, you know, stretching your legs, if you will. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like I said, being on the East Coast, there's not a ton of things you can do to get ready for it. You know, there's I was running with a, a mask for a, a little bit. This was way before COVID. But, um, you know, I had read that that was a good proxy for trying to be at altitude. Mm-hmm. It didn't last long. I, <laughs> I didn't do that very often. But, uh, you know, just trying to do everything you can. And I'm fortunate enough to have some mountains, you know, it's about a thousand foot in elevation change. So it's enough to get your blood pumping for sure. If you want to hike up and down with, you know, incrementally more weight as the season goes on. So that's one thing that I've learned is a really good way to get yourself ready for, you know, those back to back to back days of constant up and down hills. <laughs> man, I'm excited. <laughs> it's it? coming up, man. Oh, dude, it's what is it? Four months away, something like that. Oh my goodness, it can't come fast enough. So, are you guys yeah, going back to Colorado this year, or where are you headed? It's been interesting for me because uh, my dad and I have talked about doing a moose hunt for a few years now, and I thought coming into this year it would be the time, but then. Uh, everything happened with this business and COVID and it's just been completely disruptive. So we decided that we were going to stick with what we know for 2021. And, uh, we're going back to the same place that we've been at for the last four years. So there's, you know, a real draw of the grass is always greener and you start looking at other States and I haven't, I feel really difficult walking away from all the experience that I've gained in that area and knowing the terrain is something that I would be starting over again if we were to move. So that's, that's kind of been my internal dialogue with the whole thing as far as where we want to be. But yeah, to your question, we're going back to the same spot. Yeah. For me, there's wisdom in that, man. I, and, and I'm the same way, right? If there's animals there and I'm not, 
able to seal the deal, why move away from the area, right? Because every every time you go, you it's you know like you said, you just it's a little bit closer. That interaction is a little bit longer. Or I did this one thing right, I just couldn't seal it. But I think there's wisdom, man, in just hitting that same area, especially if you're not seeing a ton of people there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and having interruptions, if you will, to the hunt. Um, I, you know, if I don't draw, I put in for Wyoming this year just because I, I want to get back to Wyoming. Uh, but if I don't draw Wyoming, I'm going back to the same OTC in Colorado, man. Yeah, it was interesting because the unit that we go to was switched from OTC to draw as of last year. So last year was the first year that it was draw. And, it, you know, it, it's hard to say definitively what the difference was, but I definitely thought that it was less people overall so it's kind of interesting how that played out yeah i wish you guys luck out there man we'll have to uh we'll have to chat and and get caught up on uh our our main topic of discussion and how your elk season went um, absolutely yeah. you know, after I'm, season man so why don't I'm we stoked. jump into it man let's talk so so apparently we you know that that gives us the premise of at least in my head how this product or company was uh was born man so why don't you talk a little bit about rain give us the little background and you know what uh what spawned the thought and what made you chase it yeah so i was uh i think the greatest lore of starting my own company was the (laughs) potential to uh actually get out and hunt in the fall and not be constrained by the amount of vacation days that i was given I think that was the first time where I was like starting to make compromises around, okay, I, I <laughs> you know, I just have more that I want to do than have time to do it. And I think that started me uh, scheming around. Mm-hmm. What better <laughs> that would reason? That be amazing. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, that kind of got my gears rolling. I've always had a desire to start a small business. I went to college and really didn't know what I wanted to do other than potentially be a small business owner someday, but that's not something you can just step into. So, you know, I studied other things and got more familiarized with some specific disciplines. And I worked for a company for a couple years and I got to the point where I just had been married a year prior and we we're starting to talk about what was next. and. I realized that that would be probably the best time in my life to actually try to get something going. And it also coincided with uh, a piece of property that we were interested in buying and had been saving up for. Uh, that deal fell through. So, you know, it was kind of a, a kick in the gut. But ultimately, I think it could be a blessing in disguise if, uh, if this thing takes off for us. So... All that being said, I was looking at the gear that I'm carrying and I get kind of obsessed about things if I let my mind wander. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was looking at different options. I tried a different system every year that I went out for the four years. And in my free time around here, I also like to get out as much as I can. You know, I'll do overnight trips, some areas in Northern Pennsylvania that have uh, areas big enough where it makes sense to do that. So I was, you know, kind of casually being a gear tester for all these different water systems because in my head, that was one of the most important pieces of gear that you could have. You know, I've heard so many horror stories about 
guys drinking out of water and you know they end up with giardia and that's the end of their hunt so i you know i really thought that that was an important piece of gear to focus on for me personally and it was like everything that i tried had some type of compromise you know some stuff was heavier than it should be but it had uh you know i'll call it better if you know effectiveness against the things that it was filtering um some stuff's super light but it's a pain in the ass to use and then some of it can be expensive depending on what you're getting into and you know i just felt like there wasn't really a good system and then if you read any of the forums online you're also going to run into a ton of guys saying what they did to make what was available work for them and i thought why do we have to make things work for us shouldn't there be something that's designed by hunters for hunters and anglers too you know i carry these things when i go out fishing but um it just felt like there wasn't a company that was sportsman oriented filling that need that all sportsmen have so i did some surveys online um like i said earlier kind of committed myself to this topic and figured out what the short list of must-haves would be for guys doing the type of hunting and fishing that I was doing. And we, you know, got all that information, but there really was no consensus around, like, the best way. You know, people had ideas around what qualities they wanted in the product, but, you know, obviously lightweight is important. First and foremost, it has to be safe, so you can't wonder when you're drinking out of that elk wallow is this water gonna be poison to me you know i don't know about you but i've had situations where i'm like man that is some nasty water but i don't feel like dropping a thousand feet to go to find something yeah, that's sir. <laughs> a little better so we'll see what happens um yeah it just felt like uh there was an unmet need and i thought if nobody else was gonna do it i'll try <laughs> So I had some experience from work, working with different uh, disciplines as far as product development goes. So I've not been an expert in any of them, but uh, fortunate enough to be able to commit myself to the task and uh, got a good support network of people to call when things happen. And I've uh, recently actually taken on a partner who's a legitimate engineer <laughs> and uh, I always joke with him and say it's a good thing we have a brain on the team now because <laughs> I don't know I've been flying the ship for my, <laughs> by myself for too long so was there did you feel like there was a need to grab a partner or or was that uh, you just saying hey I need somebody that's smarter in this development than me got to a point where I was making decisions around um, quality testing and safety aspects and things like that and I've it sounds cliche but there's some real value in having somebody that you can trust to bounce ideas off of that has the right incentives and, and knows what you're working towards and can be a sounding board because I didn't realize until I was on this island by myself developing the product that guess yourself sometimes and uh having someone that you trust and you know has a perspective that you you know lean on Mm -hmm. when times are tough is i felt like i needed some reassurance that 
everything was going in the direction that it needed to be from a technical standpoint. Because, like I said, I hadn't been uh, in the weeds as far as like product development engineering. You know, we were doing stuff where I just wasn't the guy that was capable of doing the drawings, but I was the hunter and I knew what type of system that I wanted to actually bring to this group of people that I felt were underserved. So bringing on a partner was the right thing to do for me. So, and and how did that look, right? And I can't imagine, and I don't know as far as where you were at in that process, but from everything that I've looked at and, you know, kind of backtracked on, on you and Rain, um, you were pretty far along before that. So what was, what was the, the first impression of, uh, of your partner there when, when you got it to him and said, Hey, you want to be part of this? Check this out. Yeah. So like I said, I had worked with him in the past and I thought that we had worked well together. So when I left the company, he said, Hey man, if you ever need help with anything, just let me know. And it was sort of a ambiguous offer but at the time you know i filed that away because i thought you know i'd get along with this guy and been good so far and i know he's not a hunter but he's uh he's really into running and fitness and he's got his priorities straight as far as that goes you know he's a very motivated guy and i knew that if he says he was going to do something he could get it done so i reached out to him when i was in the middle of all the product development and working. We did six iterations of this thing uh, using 3D printing and each time we'd make it, or I'm sorry, I would make it with uh, the drawing partner that I was working with. I was paying him as a contractor, you know, I was just a guy that was familiar with the software that's needed to make the models to do the printing. But, um, you know, every time we'd make it, it would be like, okay, this is what I wanted. But now that it's in my hands, I can realize that I want it different. So, <laughs> you know, we had several iterations and that was very time consuming for me. And at the same time, we were closing in on, you know, we had spec'd out the type of filtration material that we wanted to use and had gotten samples and were starting to develop the protocol to actually test them. And I put something together, but I, like I said, wanted to ensure that safety was our number one priority before we ever put this out on the market. So I wanted somebody there to be a second set of eyes. And he really picked up that whole piece of the puzzle and ran with it. So I'm very appreciative of that. And I think it's uh, a situation where he had contacts that made it easier. So he had been a grad student at Penn State for, he was still going there, but uh, he's on summer break now. But he had some connections at Penn State and worked with uh, their agricultural department to figure out, you know, what, what qualities should this filter product have? You know, what certifications should it achieve? There's a ton of information available out there around you know, how can you put these things to the test to figure out exactly what they do and verify that it is safe for people to drink through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rewind us a little bit. And yep. you, you, you said something and I caught it. So you, you quit your job to start this or develop this product. I did. Yeah. Like I said, um, I was working on it 
with my full-time job for a few months. I really got serious about this in June of last year. And I worked on it up until August. And at the time it felt like I just had so much going on and I had so much more passion around this project than I did for my day job. And, you know, like I said earlier, there probably will never be a time in my life where I can devote myself to something 100% like this because there has been a lot of lead up to this point as far as my career and things like that. And I really just wasn't happy, to be honest, with what I was doing. And this felt like something that could be something if I put my time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I cleared it with the wife and made sure that everything was good on that end. And yeah, I left in October and took a two week road trip out West and kind of kicked it off. Right. And now I've been working with my head down ever since. Heck yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said just for that aspect. Right. I mean, there's a couple there, you know, chasing, chasing something that you're passionate about or something that brings you fulfillment, right? That that's huge. And most people won't take that leap, but you had to believe in your vision enough to even get to that point. So that's huge, man, to, to be that passionate about it, to believe in it that much and, and just, you know, believe in yourself and take the chance. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty badass, man. I commend you for that. Cause there's not a lot of folks that are willing to, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm done with my day job. <laughs> yeah. Comfort something uh, else, man. It was definitely, uh, felt like jumping off a cliff you know I thought about it for a long time and <laughs> eventually just said if I don't do it now I'm never gonna do it I'm gonna do it right let's go heck yeah you know, I'm sure we've all had to psych ourselves up at some point oh too. yeah yeah but that's awesome because a lot of people will stand on the edge of that cliff and stand there and stand there and stand there and then walk away and then come back later and stand there you know what I mean and never take the leap so that said to oh, yeah. me that says a lot I, I think that's that's outside of badass that's commendable so we've kind of glassed over what it is um so we're talking about you know rain hydration system um so give us give us the scoop give us what the product is what it does and then what sets it apart in your head for that hunting uh sounds like backpacking fishing whatever that adventure is yeah i mean it's really uh kind of the point of it it's very modular to go along with whatever adventure you're on. Um, you know, me being so passionate about hunting and fishing to a lesser extent, uh, that's why, you know, it's all my messaging is basically around hunting, but I'm still figuring out what that looks like. So I think there's several things that differentiate this product versus what's already out there. And then you can let me know if you agree or not, because like I said, this has been something that I've developed with feedback from people, but I've never really been able to have a real um, public discussion about it other than with friends and family and you know everybody I've talked to online privately. So, you know, every situation's different. Every hunt's different. Um, sometimes I like to go out here in Pennsylvania and it's just for a couple miles and I don't know if I'm going to drink everything in my backpack and I want to have something just along just in case or you never know when 
you're going to be spending the night in some situations it's much more applicable out west if you ever get into a bad you know bad situation you never know what can happen so if you are of that mindset which i am sometimes we made this cap to go right on an algae bottle that uh most people tend to carry their water in anyway so it goes along with the system that you're already using um for longer trips you know if uh you're going for a couple days that's where i would think that the pump that we developed is the best um best tool for the job because you can draw water out of some small seeps you know as long as you can submerge that hose in there you're good to go whereas sometimes if you're relying on some of these gravity systems or uh you know you need to fill a bottle that can be problematic so that was one function that some people were adamant that must be available no matter what you know that ability to draw from small sources and then there's the guys that in guys in situations i guess you'd say where a gravity system is best suited you know that's something in my mind i would like to have at camp when I'm getting ready for the next day and filling my hydration bladder. You can fill up the the dirty bag. It's got a gallon in there. You turn this thing upside down and the water goes through the filter. And it's uh, about as simple as it gets. You hang it up for a couple minutes and come back and your water's ready to go. And they all use the same filter and the same cap. So that cap will screw on any one of those three pieces of equipment. Mm And each, each, call it mode, is uh, light. So, you know, a lot of guys that like the pumps have a valid reason for that. But if you look at those pumps, they're almost a pound a piece, you know, when you think about some of the competition. Whereas we were able to create it for, or we were able to create it just under eight ounces, which uh, is a pretty significant reduction when you think about it. Um, and then it also has a dual function with the cup. You know, we've kicked this idea around a million times and the outer sleeve of the pump that we had developed initially was just a piece of plastic. And we said, why not just make it titanium because it's lighter, it's more durable. And it's something that can serve a second purpose when you're out there because, you know, I don't know about you, but I've made meals in my uh, camp stove and then also wanted to drink some coffee, but you yeah, know, depending on where spaghetti. we're going, I just don't feel like <laughs> carrying the extra gear. So yeah. if something can serve two purposes, then that's all the better. That's actually, so I just pulled it up right now. That's actually pretty cool when you said it's all, you know, that cap serves on all three. And I'm looking at it on uh, rainhydro.com. That was a shameless plug for you. Um, hey. But that's actually cool, man. That So that's a titanium cup on the pump system, right? What I'm looking at there? Yeah, and the, the cap itself is made of aluminum. So it's, you know, we, we had the mindset we wanted to build it like a tool because some of these things that you're, you know, you're really hanging your hat on when you're in the backcountry and you need water to live <laughs> and they feel like they're made like a happy meal. Mm-hmm. So like, we really wanted to make sure that we had something that was robust and could be carried around in your pack you know, sandwiched between a stack of meat when you're hauling out. Like, you never know what situation you're going to be in, and this thing has to handle it. So that's why we went with, uh, you know, metal construction on the outside and uh, tried to think through every scenario and hide 
as far as the pump's concerned, you know, all the soft components are housed on the inside, so less less chance that it's going to snag on something, and Good you know, it's it. compact, takes up less room in your pack. Lots so, of advantages that I could think through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the fact that it goes right on top of the Nalgene—that uh, that's pretty cool. There, that uh, I had an idea for a now. Oh, that was a re- like a reducer. So you know how the Nalgene they, they there's two different sizes on that that top, yeah, and yeah. I like I like the ability of the wide top or opening right because you like if i want to you know mix a quick protein powder or drop something in there it's super easy but then i really don't like drinking out of the wide one and i always i always think man i wish there was some kind of reducer to take this from the wide one and take it down that was my little nalgene idea there it probably exists i just i could find it on amazon from china or something um but you know, to, to be able to use that analogy. And like you said, we carry them like crazy. So for this to go right on the top of that, man, that's uh, in my head, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I, I thought too, just the redundancy is peace of mind because if all these things work together, then more than likely you'll still be able to make something work in the scenario that you have some type of catastrophe, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't, uh, you don't like to think that way, but you never know what's going to happen when you're out there and it's best to be as prepared as you can be. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So what is it, what are we filtering when we're looking at that? Is it, you know, bacteria, viruses, protozoa? How does that look in terms of the filter? Is it a one micron, a 10,000th micron, or how does that filter yes. look and filter? Yeah, so this, this is uh a 0.01 micron pore size so nothing larger than that can pass through so water goes through totally fine um the things that will get hung up are viruses bacteria sediment um you know we're still going through some of the testing for other potential hazards there's you know the data is still out on the effect on heavy metals but um for the purpose of a backcountry hunt, that's not something that typically would be as much of a concern for us. You know, that's mm-hmm. above and beyond what your Sawyer filters and uh, most other things that you'd buy off the shelf cover. So right. this is definitely a step above the standard. So normally, you know, common common practice is 0.1 micron because that removes bacteria and protozoa. But um the technology is readily available for 0.01, so we chose to use that going forward because it does give you that extra level of protection mm-hmm. from the viruses if they were to be present. Now, full disclaimer, that's not the biggest risk for you in the backcountry. You know, you're more, much more likely to run into uh, protozoan cysts with Giardia or, um, you know, things like that. I've never even... I don't think I've ever even considered cyst uh, in that realm or discussion. Well, it's interesting. That's how uh, Giardia reproduces, I believe. So um, the cyst actually develops in the water, and then when you ingest that, it completes its life cycle in your gut. And then, obviously, you spread more cysts (laughs) when the time is right, and it's just a recurring thing that most animals carry Giardia, and they're okay and there's even some people that have been found to be living totally fine with that you know recurring process in their body but 
most people in the developed world react very adversely to <laughs> ingesting the Giardia cysts. So huh. definitely something to check yourself against. Oh, sure. I was, I'm, I'm now I'm curious, right? Because when we talk Giardia and that's what it says, Giardia duodenalis cyst oval to ellipsoid and measure eight to 19 UMs. Mature cysts have four nuclei while immature have two. Huh, interesting. Who would have known? Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, there's, <laughs> they got to make a living too, but uh, rather than not do it in my guts. Yeah, you know? I hear you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've, I've swear that I had one, one episode of it. Um, and it was very light, but man, I was, you know, I have a few go if you doctor Google everything and oh, yeah. uh, we were out on a, on a hunt, man. And that, that water just looked, I couldn't resist. I was like, I, I just got to dip it. And I dipped it, dude. And not three hours later, I mean, it was just boom, it hit. And uh, just the abdominal pain, the bloating and the slight vomiting the nausea it was just i was like this has to be it and soon as as soon as i uh googled it i was like oh there it is <laughs> yeah fever fever man It'll oh get you. man i've never had it i've i don't want to you know i've i've heard enough stories like yours to steer clear of it because that's the last thing you want you know i i look forward to this trip all year long and the worst thing that could happen is you get out there and you're sick and yeah. all that time and you know money and effort would be wasted so that's why you know when you think about the fundamentals this seems like the most important thing in your pack as far as i'm concerned i mean i obviously there's other very important things but this will ruin your hunt no doubt at least for a minimum short period of time i, I mean you you can go you can go days right and i've done it right you're out there and you're chasing animals and you won't eat until dinner time. I mean, maybe not the smartest move, right? But I can't make it a couple, three hours, man, in that country um, without water. I mean, it, it's, you know, well, I, I carry a three liter plus a, a two liter that I'll half up just to save some weight, you know, as backup water in case we get into a predicament. Um, but I'm usually through my water, man. If I'm not, you know, close to a gallon midday, um, something's going on. Yeah, I sweat so much. That's me, dude. I'm, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I dry out. And that's, like I said earlier, I, I feel the altitude when I go out there. And one of the best things for me is to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I pound water. And it kills you, too. I mean, mentally, if you're, you know, if you're on that, uh, we already walk around, you know, most of us dehydrated at at to a point anyway and then you go out mm -hmm. there and you're not drinking water and that exertion that altitude um you know 10 12 hours a day it's uh mentally it plays on you hard too it just kills you yeah it's you know i, I drink a ton of water like i've done a good bit of research with this and even before this it's common knowledge that you do better when you're hydrated but I've definitely taken that to heart and I feel a real difference when I've drank a gallon a day. Like that's my goal. And, uh, I just don't function as well when I'm not at that level. So it's important. 
So just to have a little fun with it, man, because I have a little product that I work started last year as well. And I was obsessed mm-hmm. with using it, right? And and testing it and and proving it. So how much water at home do you drink through uh, the filter? So I have samples. It's, uh, I've submitted the samples for analysis, but the prototype that I have here has been 3D printed. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's it's been made like a prototype, so it's not functional to actually drink through as the system that it is. I've been figuring this thing out, and uh, that was one of my hurdles, to be honest with you, was the the filter media in the standard housing, which I can test and verify that it is effective, has been. Uh, fine as far as all the testing that I've submitted it to but um, my biggest roadblock right now is uh, figuring out how to get the prototype that actually functions with the rest of the system to do the same and it's porous so the water can leak around it mm-hmm. enough to not be totally safe to drink from as the system is but having said that I've been testing it out as a as a pump, um, and then I drink through that bottle very all the time. <laughs> so it's just uh, and this is what leads me to my next point: is we're doing a Kickstarter on Tuesday because I've carried the ball as far as I can. Um, I've had so many setbacks, and uh, I'm frankly out of money with this project. So. I've been extremely apprehensive about sharing it publicly because there's always room for improvement and I want to put my best foot forward when I share it with everybody, but I've maxed myself out. I need more money to carry this thing over the finish line, afford the molds that I need to do um, the actual production of the filter, and then we can go forward with the certification but as of now i don't feel comfortable uh you know being any more further along the journey than that before i uh try to get some confirmation that people are interested in this thing that's really where i'm at you know i've spent so much time with qualitative data you know interviewing people and talking about it but uh I want to throw it on Kickstarter and really get a good gauge of how it's going to be received. That'll give me uh, the money I need to move forward with it and actually get it in people's hands. So, so how does that look on Kickstarter? So, you know, so people have an idea, right? Um, And I've seen a couple of them. So, you know, what do you, what is the offer with, with the Kickstarter? So, the Kickstarter will cover my startup capital, which is what I need to make all the molds to injection mold, the filter, um, the filter of the inner sleeve. You know, there's several components that need to be made from scratch and the uh, tooling involved in that's very expensive. So that's the main uh, contribution from the Kickstarter will go towards that. But then there's also uh, built into there enough room that I can compensate everybody that uh, hits certain thresholds with products that will be listed. So um, you'll be able to get a bottle with the 
purifier cap on Kickstarter. Um, you'll be able to get the hydro pump. You can get the whole system if you want. It's just, uh, you know, I need that support from everybody before we can really make this thing a reality. And, and you're already tied in, right, with, I mean, in terms of being a startup business, um, you've already committed to contributions, uh, which is a big deal to me, man, um, for a startup, right, uh, with 2% for conservation. Yeah, so um, I learned through my previous employment that every company is tied to, uh, you know, they're affiliated in some degree with a cause. And I felt most strongly about the cause of conservation because that's what enables us to do what we do. You know what I mean? Like if there weren't elk to chase and places to chase them on, we'd be in bad shape. So <laughs> it just felt like a no brainer to me. I mean, if, uh, if companies are going to make money, then they need to stand behind what they believe in. So this is, you know, that's something that I feel strongly enough to pledge my support to. You know, it's uh, always been important to me, but I've taken a more official stance on it. You know, I've, I'm I'm definitely the guy that likes to blend in. So this whole <laughs> business thing has been interesting for me, but it's forced me out of my comfort zone. Um, I've been a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers for a while, but I was not overly involved in participation. I would just email senators when the information came out and make sure that, you know, I was a voice to support the things that were important to me, but I was less active mm -hmm. socially and actually volunteering my time. So this felt like the right, right way to put my money where my mouth is. And, you know, if, if, if I'm going to be using these places and doing this activity, I got to make sure that it's available for the next guy. Yep. So, I think that's very important. Absolutely, man. Okay, so if if I was walking down the street and you had this thing in your hand and I said, "What was that? What's that there? What do you have there?" Give me your give me your street pitch, your elevator pitch if you will. So so pitch rain to me. Yeah, so my elevator speech as far as what is rain um with the backcountry hydration solution. So you know, you can think of it in terms of a problem. You need to get water in the backcountry. That can look a lot of different ways, but you can use this system to fill that need no matter where you're at. If it's a short trip, you take your bottle. If you're planning a longer trip, you take the gravity system or the pump and you have an algae bottle along with you. And that redundancy allows you to have more peace of mind when you're out there and know that, you know, that part of the hunt is covered. You don't have to worry about, is my water clean? You know, is my pump gonna break? Is the cheap bag that came with it gonna be uh, popped open when I get over that ridge, you know? It's really about the peace of mind around just focusing on your hunt. So, okay, so one question. So typically, right, you'll have a clean bag, dirty bag. Now, with, with the use of the Nalgene, right, when I use that Nalgene, if I'm dipping into, you know, the creek and I'm spinning my filter back on top. So now that Nalgene, that's, that is essentially a dirty bottle, right? Um, 
how right. do you how do you deal with that? Is that where the pump comes in, or if you don't want that scenario, um, you know, you use your gravity bag. Is the screwing on the top of the Nalgene is that a secondary, or how how do you see that? I see these things as being in your closet. You know, when you're getting ready for a hunt, you know what you're getting into. If it's a day hunt, you're probably good to have a bottle that's been taken from home and clean, full of water, and you have the cap along with you just in case you need it. But, uh, you know, I, I see that as more of like a short short trip solution because there are times where you know where you're going and you know where the stream is and, you know, it's predictable. Mm-hmm. I see the pump as being capable of handling anything um if i were going for multiple days i would take the pump and a clean bottle and i would pump water directly into the bottle because honestly it's not that much more difficult and uh you can carry more water that way because i like to carry a bottle on my hip and also have a hydration pack on my back so you know you can finish pumping filling your bottle top off your hydration bladder as you need to with the pump it's all you know, quick and easy. And then the gravity bag is, uh, you know, I like to have that at base camp. So I've tried a few different setups using gravity and it's definitely more convenient because, you know, you're not huffing and puffing because you just climbed down into this drainage and now you're, you know, working to pump water. You just fill that bag up, hang it, and it's good to go. So it's definitely more convenient but again you can't just strictly rely on that in every situation because there are those times where you need to be a little more creative and you know I I don't know about you but sometimes I'm that guy that's like digging my boot heel in to let the water pool up before I can get any out (laughs) get any out (laughs) yeah Yeah. so get drop uh, where they could find you um, be it on social or the website. I think we plugged Rain Hydro already, but you know, let everybody know where where they could find you, if they have any questions, uh, how they get a hold of you guys, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so we're rainhydro.com. Um, we did have we have things set up to be a completely e-commerce store. So going forward, if we are able to launch a successful Kickstarter, we would like to be direct to consumer. So. Um, definitely join our mailing list and uh be ready for any updates coming that way um we're on instagram rain hydro facebook rain hydro um we're going to be releasing a lot of content over the next few days in preparation for our kickstarter on uh the 10th so that's next tuesday um it would mean 18th the 18th yes it would mean so much to me if uh you guys we're interested in the product to support me on there. And also if you just have feedback, like, like I said, I, I want to continue to grow this thing. And if you have suggestions on what you think could make it better, I'd love to hear it. There's, uh, you know, it's, it's always well received from me. And if you just want to talk about what it is and have any specific questions, I'm very available to talk. You know, this is something that I've, put a lot of time and effort into and um you know it's time to see how it pans out in the the real race <laughs> yeah so it's uh 
Rain, R-A-Y-N, hydro.com. And then what's the Instagram handle? Uh, Rain Hydro. So R-A-Y-N underscore H-Y-D-R-O. And then the link to the Kickstarter is on the .com, correct? And I'm sure there'll be a link in the Instagram bio when that launches. Yeah, so check out our uh, Instagram profile. We'll have a link to the Kickstarter. There will be several links on our website, too. So... Hopefully it shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of announcements leading up to it. So if you just follow us on any social media, you'll definitely uh, see the best way to help us on Kickstarter. Cool, man. Well, I uh, I'm excited, man. I you know like I said when I saw it, and I don't even know how it came up. I saw it and I was like, oh, this is this is a damn good idea. And then you know my bu- my buddy Trevor had tagged me uh, in one of the posts. And uh, I looked at it even more then, and I said, oh, I got to reach out. This is cool, right? Small business, a guy coming from the hunting community, passionate about elk. Uh, it was a no-brainer for me, man. So I'm excited to to see this thing come to fruition for you, man, and, and you know, excited to follow along the journey. And uh, if we can do anything to help further, man, just, you know, please reach out. Let me know. Everybody, um, you know, give Jake some feedback. Um, give him a chance. Look at Rain and uh, see if this is something you can get behind it. You know, small business, hunting community. I, I, I can't see this thing not uh, not being a success on Kickstarter, man. So I wish you the best of luck on this. Um, wish you luck in elk season this year, man. Go knock down a bull and get this thing fired off to everybody. Hey, you too. Thank you very much for hosting me. It's been a fantastic experience. My first podcast, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.